This is Just a Few Questions. I'm Mark Sims. My guest is Brendan Schiller. Brendan Schiller is an attorney and a political consultant. Welcome to the show, Brendan Schiller. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate being here. I'm ecstatic that you are here. I heard you on the Ben Jarofsky show, and you were so good, I had to have you on my show. <laughs> so you, you were saying on, on the Ben Jarofsky show, and everyone should listen to the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, on the Ben Jarofsky show, you said that we know how to reduce violence. So two quick questions. I'll start us off. Who are first? Who are we? <laughs> and how can a city or any city like Chicago uh, dramatically reduce the crime and neighborhood violence? When I said that by we, I just meant society as a whole. But in particular, anybody who studies this and anybody who studies it honestly and objectively. So the most, uh, I'm a, I got, it's other people who deserve credit. The people who really studied this, studied reducing violence, reducing harm communities uh, in urban settings in, in this country and others, the most are actually police and prison abolitionists and, and criminal justice advocates and journalists, um, such as. Uh, 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 Josie Duffy and uh, Marion Kaba, uh, Josie Duffy being the, the journalist, Marion Kaba being the, the abolitionist. But this, when I said we, I meant society. And and the reality is, is you can't separate this question, obviously, from um, the lens of white supremacy, which frames everything we do. Uh, and so it's impossible to separate out Chicago from the country as a whole. As I mentioned to Ben, if you look at police and prison budgets in racially homogeneous cities in this country, with populations between 100 and 500,000, they're actually substantially less than if you look at populations of racially heterogeneous cities in this country. These are my definitions um, with populations between 100,000 and 500,000, but they're there, and it doesn't matter whether they're racially homogeneously white, racially homogeneously black, or, or Latino. And there's 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 versions of all of those in this country. The the, the racially homogeneous black um, city with a population of 500,000, for instance, is Jackson, Mississippi, with more than 80 percent of its population being black. In every instance, those cities where where the kind of the forces of white supremacy are a little bit lessened because there's less diversity. The police forces are a little bit, uh, the police budgets are a little bit less and the crime and violence are a little bit less because the money spent on the things that we know that all the data shows reduces violence. And the data goes back 50, 60 years. Um, there's, there's every few years, there's retrospective studies on early childhood education, studying people who are 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, 20 years old, and showing uh, and comparing them whether they had early childhood education or not. And consistently, every study going back for every generation, those who had access to early childhood education, regardless of status, income, or race, were less likely to commit violence than those who didn't. Um, and, it's, and then and, and there's similar studies when it comes to mental health, when it comes to drug treatment, when it comes to housing, when it comes to health care, uh, when it comes to youth jobs and education, and when it comes to uh, college education. So we know exactly what reduces violence. The studies are out there. They're, they're, they're innumerable. And we know what doesn't reduce violence, which is policing and prisons. We know that there's a point of diminishing returns if a, if a municipality's police budget is more than 12% of the total municipal budget, and we know that there's a point of 
of increased violence when it gets to a third point. If you were in, if you were on the south side of Chicago in 2018, you were six times more likely to suffer a home invasion from the state, from the city of Chicago Police Department in the form of a no-knock warrant that was negative, than you were to suffer an actual home invasion from a private citizen. There were 305, in those, in those, you know, 19 community areas or whatever that make up somewhere where supposedly some of the most violent deprivation occurs, there was 305 home invasions in 2018. There was nearly 2,000 negative warrant invasions by police officers because Chicago, Chicago, like most of the country, like most of the major cities, put way too much money into its police force and therefore creates violence, which in turn creates more community violence. Well, I've been I've born and raised on the south side, I've been here all my life, and it seems like even we have a mayoral account, uh, you know, election coming up. I don't care who's, who's mayor, who's not mayor, per se. It seems like no one really has a real plan because to solve crime and, and to reduce dramatically reduce crime in a city like Chicago, you have to do a lot of preventive measures, measure measures, and people don't want to hear that. They want to hear about get the police, stop the crime. And I said police, <laughs> get the police and stop the crime right now. But it, but it does take a long term uh, solution. It, it, but it but, doesn't. Go ahead. It, I, I would I would push back against that. It's not that long term. One and two, increasing police does the exact opposite. And I I would I would really there, there's a, all sorts of tropes and assumptions when people say, oh, if you increase police, you're going to stop crime now. But if you do prevent stuff, that's down the line. They're just inaccurate. If you increase policing right now, you're going to increase violence right now. And there are things you could do today. You could offer every high school or summer job today say when you get what you do it today you can set aside the couple few million dollars it takes today and say when you get to the summer you're going to have a job that in itself will reduce violence tomorrow just in making that announcement there are little things that will reduce violence now it's not the it's issue it's because people's thinking has been so uh framed and inculcated by you know white supremacy and capitalism so, Brendan Schiller, uh, here in the city of Chicago and other cities, why don't we, or the powers that be, if you will, and the citizens, why don't we do what it takes, implement, I mean, proven plans to reduce crime and violence? Why don't cities like Chicago and other cities uh, implement those plans that do work? Well, I think the most honest and frank answer to that is it's become a matter of identity. Um, you know, there. People with money, people with status, and that includes most elected officials who eventually reach a status as high as mayor, whether it's uh, the black cop mayor in New York or the black cop mayor in Chicago, have to have an identity and have to believe in their heart that there is a distinction, that a portion of society, no matter what, is always violent criminals, and the rest of the portion of society distinction comes in part, like I said, from white supremacy, apart from a need to feel that one is doing good. When in reality, that's not how this works, right? When in reality, everybody who is incarcerated, whether they're Cook County Jail or, or one of the uh, IDOC prisons or one of the federal prisons, has spent the majority of their life not committing violence and not doing stuff that was against the law, a law that's designed to keep people in power. And the reality is that 
every single person not incarcerated, not in the criminal justice system, has at some point broken the law. You and I have all have broken the law multiple times in our life. There's, the, the, there's not a wall between who commits violence and who doesn't, but the, the way the policymakers operate is there's, a, there's an us and a them, and they need to maintain that status quo belief of an us and a them in order to uh, assuage their own identity and guilt. That's, that's, the, that's the most honest. It sounds a little philosophical and a little abstract, but that's the truth. And until there are a couple of the candidates running for mayor, I think, who really are talking about um, actual change and prevent stuff. But I, I know because I've talked one on one with with three of the four most progressive ones, they're still afraid to say that actually increasing police and increased violence because they're afraid of the political blowback because everybody who gives them money needs to have operate under that status assumption that there's an us and a them and not it's just all of us trying to figure out how to make society safer and better. Uh, it seems like you've, you've lost hope. Have you lost hope, Brendan Schiller? Oh, not at all. I think the I don't think it's going to be up to the politicians. I think these young activists who have been out here um, uh, really educating people on police and prison abolitionists have made momentous uh, gains in the past decade. And, you know, and, and Chicago's the heart of that. Whether you're talking about um, the folks like Ace Pulley and Amika Tindahi over at Chicago BLM, or you're talking about um, Damon Williams and Jeffrey Bagan over at uh, Let Us Breathe, or you're talking about the Chicago Torches Justice Center, there's a lot happening in Chicago. And nationally, there's all sorts of folks who really took into the analysis. And for the first time in my lifetime, there's people really understanding that you have to deconstruct um, the mentality, which was, you know, created by white supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism, that has has forced people to assume that policing is the answer when policing is not. I, I have all sorts of hope. I just answered your question as it relates to politicians. No, I, I say I think the hope. I mean, I, I don't. I'm assuming the hope comes from the demographic changes because, as of right now, I'm reading the book of uh, Mike Royko's old book, Boss, about Mayor Daly. That when Mayor Daly was alive, when I was, you know, he was mayor when I was a kid, growing up, right, Dad, and when I was in high school. That city, that Chicago, does not exist. That America does not exist. So, is the hope coming from the demographic changes as this country becomes less European American, if you will, less white? Do you think the changes that you've been fighting for for these twenty years are going to start moving in a progressive, positive direction? No, I don't know. I think that that's a multi-layered question. Um, I mean, what we have known in the past is that. Immigrants always sought to be part of the power structure. So Italians came over and became white, Irish came over and became white. And what we saw in the last decade is a large portion of the white Latino community voted for Trump and is trying to follow that pattern. So I don't know if, I think that's a really factual analysis that's been around by like some Democrat party folks for the past 20 years. I don't know if, you, if that really works that way. I think this is more about the youth. The youth really have uh, started to do some thinking analysis that takes them outside of the frame that the world, outside the box that the world tried to put them into and outside the lens and frame that the world tried to make them look at it through. 
and I just, I, it's more about, I think, the youth really having, um, doing some good work these days on, 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 these, on these types of questions. I, you know, I mean, just as an easy retort to your demographic question, I just point out to you that it's the racially heterogeneous cities, the cities with majority non-white populations, Detroit, Cleveland, Cincinnati, with those populations between 100 500,000, that actually have the greatest issues when it comes to policing and violence. Um, because they're the ones, despite that racial uh, mixture, they're the ones um, still animating white supremacy as it relates to policing to the greatest level, regardless of the color of the people in power. And would you and you 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 would agree you would agree even if, you know uh, Detroit has hasn't had a black mayor in many years you know that but even if sure. you had everybody black I'm talking about African Americans no, no, you know if you will uh, even those power I mean the the people who have the money still have the power and so you meet the I mean you get rid of the old boss meet the new boss and the old boss is still maintaining I don't care how black or how Latino they are they probably still maintaining white supremacy would you agree of course yes I would yes. All right. I, I mean, I can talk to you forever. I know you're busy. You're, you're out and about. Brendan Schiller, thank you for being my guest. Thank you very much, uh, Mark. Uh, take care. Keep up the good work.